Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your host, Kelsey. And listen, before this episode gets started, I do want to let you know, we ran into a few technical difficulties, but I felt like the conversation was so rich, it still deserved to be posted. I just ask, please be patient with us and enjoy listening to this awesome conversation. I do believe that you will enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Entree Podcast. This ain't no intro, it's the Entree. With your host, Kelsey Kaiser. A podcast that talks about real life with real people. So, come to the table, take a seat, and let's share laughs over dinner like a family. What's good, fam? Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, and welcome to The Entree, the show that talks about real life with real people. I'm your host, Kelsey Kaiser, and today I want to talk about something that is so thick in society right now, you literally have to be ignorant to ignore it. But before I do that, I want to thank you for stopping by. A little bit about us. The Entree is a podcast that deals with the hard conversations that need to be had amongst people for healthy relationships. We're trying to make healing and healthy dialogue a normal thing. So if you think this family may be a good fit for you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us a like and leave your feedback on what you thought of this episode. So here we go. Today's topic is super serious and a sensitive topic, depending on who you're talking to, me being one of those people. (laughs) So for this topic, it was important for me to have someone join me that's intelligent, knows what they're talking about, as well as a well of wisdom for everything. Y'all, please help me welcome none other than the Bible scholar herself, Ty Versa Tennant, a.k.a. Ty, a.k.a. Verse. Welcome, Ty. Hi, I'm so glad that you invited me. (laughs) <laughs> wow what an introduction <laughs> i mean i could have went on and on but i don't know about <laughs> it but thank you <laughs> no problem how are you doing i'm good how about you you know what i can't complain well i could complain i'm not going to i'm really well so okay <laughs> real quick before we even get started tell the people what you do well uh i work as um a cst at oops oops um that's pretty much what I do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, y'all, this is one of the top nurses. Okay. We need to be praying for our nurses, especially during this crazy time. It's still crazy. I know folks want to act like life is normal, but it's not, you know, so please take it serious. And Ty, while we're here, I just want to let you know that I do appreciate the work that you do because I couldn't do it. I couldn't be on the front line. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no problem. So listen, y'all, uh, me and Ty, we met at church where we served in ministry together. She's definitely one of the wisest, most underestimated women that I know. She is a ball of fire. I call her the X factor. Okay. Oh, <laughs> but, <goodness>. <laughs> but aside of ministry, uh, beside ministry, uh, today we're going to be talking about racism, but more specifically, I wanted to deal with the differences and the similarities from the North to the South. Okay. So now for those who don't know, I'm from Michigan and Ty is from Louisiana. 
So for me living in Louisiana, I definitely noticed some stuff, but I promise you Ty could give a better picture than I could ever paint. So uh, Ty, I really just kind of wanted to get your feedback on some things. I know we've talked about this some here and there um, in times past, but I wanted to give the listeners an opportunity and a chance to kind of eavesdrop in one of our conversations. And mm-hmm. I kind of feel like you have a lot of great things to say. So I'm really excited about today. So The first thing I wanted to ask you is, do you personally think that geographic location plays a major part in racism? Um, I would say no. I feel like racism is everywhere. But, however, I do believe that, like in the South, racism is probably more, less hidden. Let me say that. Uh, I think racism is a little bit more out loud out here. And a lot of times... Honest, my honest opinion about it is that I feel like a lot of time people excuse racism down here because they say, oh, in a sense, it's almost like it's embedded in the upbringing of the South because they'll they'll use stuff like, oh, they don't mean no harm by them words. You know, older people just said that back in the day. So that'll get excused. And mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to be in color, color girl or a boy or anything like that. And I definitely feel like racism is kind of played down down here and mm-hmm. like things that we think that we as a person of African-American as being African-American I think a lot of times they think a lot of things that we think that are offensive down in the south they was like oh that's not offensive that's southern pride you know like mm-hmm. oh that you know the confederate flag oh that's why y'all get so offended by that that's just that's for the south that represents the south so with that being said I just think that kind of in the south the reason why people think that racism is so prevalent is because people don't really know. Mm. um like in other places places people try to be political correct and they not and most so i feel like other places in the south here people are just out loud with it a little bit more and other places people try to pretend like they're not racist but all the time they are You understand what I'm saying? No, I totally do. And I'm so glad you said that because that's one of the things I wanted to drive today, which brought forth this topic is because, you know, I'm from Michigan, but I spent 14 years in the South. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I came back home two years ago that I really noticed a difference. And I think it's because when I left Michigan, I went to the South, I was 18. So I wasn't as, I don't want to say I wasn't as, as observant, but there were a lot of things I wasn't considering because I was 18, you yeah. know, but yeah. now being a young woman with real life struggles, you know, you pay attention to some things. And so uh, one of the examples was I had a frat brother who unexpectedly passed away at the very beginning of COVID last year. So I went to his funeral in Minneapolis. Um, this is like right before the George Floyd and all that good stuff. And so when I went there, I was speaking with my Uber driver. I don't even know how we got on this topic, but we were discussing racism. Uh, noticing some similarities between Minneapolis and like other parts of the Midwest. And so she said that the white people up there smile in your face, but <laughs> act like, <laughs> they act like they love you, but then will be conniving. And I almost blew my wig back because I was like, that's literally what I grew up experiencing. And yeah. that's one of the things that we said in the South, if they don't like you, you know it. it you know it. <laughs> and you know what, though? This is what we don't talk about. I think I respect that more. If yeah. you want to be racist, 
honey, be racist. Don't try to act like something isn't what it is. Call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. Listen, don't call me a spade. But I'm saying, like, you got to be who you are and stop yeah. acting like it's not what I know it to be. I think yeah. that's a problem. And I always say, if a white person in the South likes me, it's genuine. I'm not going to say yeah. that. Yeah. Not because they <laughs> but up here, honey, they will smile in your face. They will, yes. you know, bring you, make you a plate from the potluck. Meanwhile, sabotaging and really putting in strategy to get you kicked off, whatever you're doing to get you fired. It's sickening. I I said, I didn't know this until I came back from the South. It was crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Because down here, like I said, it's out loud with it. And whereas, I mean, like I said, I'm, I don't live where you live. But from what I have noticed, when I have gone outside of the South, you because you live here, you know you know how to see the signs. Like okay, but then they all this time you smiling in my face, but I know how it is. I know what you're thinking, and I see what you're saying between the lines. Oh yeah, and you know what? There have been times I have to be honest where I had to kind of kick myself in the foot because of what I'm used to from home that. I'm used to people smiling in your face, but really kind of having like a knife hidden behind their back where Kiana and I would have weddings that we would shoot. And if I'm mm-hmm. being honest, a lot of our weddings took place with white people in some of the most countryest towns. And we the only black people there. And I'm like, oh, Lord, what are we getting ourselves into? Yeah. Yeah. But they would be the sweetest people. And yeah. I would have to wonder if racism was going to come. Now, there might have been a few people there. I don't know. I mean, there was no reason for them to talk to the photographer and videographer. But I mean, there are a lot of times where I almost expected someone to be racist and they weren't. But that goes yeah. back to what yeah. you were saying. They're going to be outlandish with it. So, you know, for the most part, they probably were not. And that was wrong of me to just expect them to be. That's because true. Of stereotype. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We, you know, I'm, I'm praying on that and I'm trying to work on that. And unfortunately, it is a reality that I grew up in. But I think for me, leaving, going back, I just think it's it's caused me to kind of look at things a little bit, uh, a little bit differently. But, you know. And and even in that, uh, I wanted to ask you, what type of racism have you encountered personally? And do you remember the very first time that you've experienced racism? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, to be to be honest, I feel like mostly it's the thought that I'm uneducated, you know, like just like mm-hmm. that, that uneducated or like when you're in a professional setting, like you are the one. They might know the answers, but they're going to look all past you and not hear nothing you're saying because surely you're the less degree person in this room. You don't know anything. They'll ask that person a question, and then when that person looks, need to answer that question. It's a or uh, and then when I do answer the question, you still don't look at me like I answered that question. You still ask the person another question. So I feel like I get a lot of like I'm the less person in the room, like or. Like, for example, I want to say, like, I think sometimes when you are the person in this skin and you walk in a room, you're automatically assumed, oh, I get this question. So you're not married, huh? How many kids you got? Mm. Um, you know, like, oh, skin, I got to be uh, unwed and have many children. I, I just never understand that. Just under uh-huh. you walk in a, a room and it's in you just, I think that's the thing that sticks out to me, that the fact that I'm unintelligent because I'm in this color. Right. And so they're basically trying to paint you out to be somebody's baby mama. Yeah, pretty much. I can't be a professional. I got to be a baby mama. Pretty much. Right. 
that's what I need to strive to be. I can't be anything greater than that. Wow. And does that kind of come from like doctors, coworkers, or just random people outside of the workplace? I mean, sometimes it's random people outside of the workplace, but I times like when you you, you kind of get that um feeling like just even like any place you go and you and like you you're the professional person you know they thinking oh it's got to be somebody else getting ready to come into this room it's not you um mm-hmm. and then honestly just to say an example you know I graduated from an HBCU so mm-hmm. when you tell you get the question what school did you graduate from and then when you say what the school is I've honestly been told, oh, that don't count. You know, that that's not that's not a real that's not a real school. You're kidding. Yes, I have had that experience where I've been told that graduating from the HBCU, the, the uh illustrious Gremlin State University didn't uh-huh. count. Wow. So I was like, wow. But everybody that's on this in this on this floor with you tonight graduated from Gremlin State University. So every mm-hmm. person who's stepping in this room with you mm-hmm. be you. Or it have I mean have done excellent care for you. They graduated from HBCU, so help me to understand where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, that's so sick. I hate that mentality because, like you're saying, ooh, see that can get deep too. Because for me, you're saying the people that are here working with you are the ones who are coming from the place that you're trying to downplay. The same way America tries to downplay. African Americans, as if uh, our ancestors didn't build this freaking country on their backs. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're the ones helping it thrive and to, you know, <laughs> actually sustain itself or whatever you want to say. But you're trying to downplay us. But if we weren't here, what would you do? Exactly. Yeah. It's sick. Now, do you remember your very first moment of racism? If you can remember, that? Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like when I first came to school and where I live at now, I really had like work. Well, I, live at, I was we were the only black people in my neighborhood. So I I played with people of other color. Like I never thought I guess I didn't view racism like everybody else did. Mm. Like, no, I know how I grew up. You know, everything was fine. I so but when I came down to where I uh to here where I live at now, uh-huh. and when um I just think that in school in my in my program you would see people of all color, you know, like, so, but to know that, like, you just, it was just that feeling of feeling like you are not good. Like, you're going to have to try harder or, 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 uh, that I'm unlearned. I think those, like, that's what I mean by my first experience. I think mostly is when I came down here to this area and, and, you know, you just get, oh, you black, you, you're, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not going to make it in this program. You, you're not, you know, or, mm-hmm. or the fact that like when you walk in a place and all eyes are on you looking as if you're going to take something like, you know, you watching me and <laughs> why, why, is, why, why are the eyes on me instead of everybody who walks in here? I just, I don't know. I just, I guess to me, I just felt like I've been always underestimated because yeah. of the color of my skin sometimes. Mm. I could be wrong, but that's the feeling I've got in certain settings. Or also, another thing I want to say, uh, Kelsey, is this is this is one of the things that I do remember. Like, if you disagree with somebody, and I'm talking to them very calmly and firmly, mm-hmm. and it was like, "Well, you're getting all right," I would say, "But I did. I didn't disrespect you. I have mm-hmm. not said any ignorant words." I, but then somebody of another race could yell, curse. 
and say whatever they want and nothing is said to them. But because yep. I speak up just in the slightest bit, mm -hmm. I'm a problem. Yes. So I think that's the things that I remember mostly happened. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like now I'm labeled as an angry black woman. For yeah. Simply, for simply speaking, my, my, man, like, I, that's a whole other subject. <laughs> yeah. I'm literally so sick of that. Like, I can't say nothing. Don't worry about it. Because if you want me to be an angry black woman, I'll show you angry black woman. You ain't seen that yet. <laughs> that's not what you want. <laughs> but listen, I, so it's so crazy because. I do remember my first moment of racism, which is mm -hmm. tragic. I actually can remember two uh, two instances, which all happened while in elementary school. So wow. the first, right? The first one was um, in kindergarten. I went to this private school. We were out on a, uh, a field trip. I think we went to like the local apple orchard or something like that. And I remember that's around the time like where parents would chaperone. So I think we had like two or three. And I just remember, I think we were all scattered about. And then all of a sudden I was walking back to the picnic table where a few of my classmates and their parents were sitting. All I remember is hearing, um, I guess some girl in my class told one of the moms that I was dating her son, mind you, we're in wow. kindergarten. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so whatever that means. And so as I'm walking to the table, I see the mom look at me and like, look at her son. And she had like this puzzled look on her face. And as she's looking at me, she's like, you like her. And something in me just wasn't sitting right. Like I knew I wasn't an ugly kid. So I was just like, in my mind, I was like, does this have something to do with the way I look in terms of like skin tone? Because I wasn't, I guess I kind of knew, I don't want to say I knew racism, but I think I kind of had inkling to about skin tone. I can't even explain that properly, but something in me kind of felt like maybe that's what it would be. I don't know. And I just thought that was crazy that she would say that because your, your white son didn't see me as a black girl. He just yeah. saw pretty and wanted me to be his girlfriend. And then I'll never forget when I was in fifth grade, I was sitting at the lunch table. And I guess me and this one girl who was in sixth grade, we were kind of arguing or something. I don't know. But she I guess, she was sitting at one side of the, of the table. I was at the complete other side because we were separated by grades. And I guess she must have called me the N-word, right? Wow. Yeah. Tell me why all the white kids said <gasps> and looked at me. And I'm just like, what? What's going on? They were like, she called you a, a nigger. Wow. I, said, I was like, OK. I had never heard that word before. And I said, OK. They were like, you need to go tell Mrs. Sweet. <laughs> that was my, that was my <laughs> principal at the time. And so they were like urging me like, no, you need to go now. These are fifth graders, by the way. I'm like, OK. So I get up and I go to Mrs. Sweet's office. And I said, hey, Mrs. Sri, um, I came here to tell you that uh, Vicky called me a nigger. She said, what? She spit out her food because she was eating lunch. And in wow. I was like, oh, wow. I guess this is a really big deal. This is a big word. I didn't know because my mom or my parents didn't tell me about racism just yet because, I mean, I honestly don't know why, but they probably didn't think that they would have to teach me that in elementary school. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So... From that happening, of course, I went home and told my mom. And then, you know, she gave me the whole spill about 
what that word means and, you know, just like background and history of that. And so mm-hmm. I just think it's very interesting that my first encounters of racism were from white kids or their parents. And I think it's very interesting that white kids knew about the N word and that I should be offended before I ever had an idea. Yeah. It just, it blows my mind. Like, why do y'all know what this word is? But I don't. How, do y'all hear it around the kitchen table? or? At yeah, family? I feel like they, they're talking about it in their homes. Yeah. That's why. Right. And it just kind of blows my mind. And even when I've had conversations with people in the South and, you know, I tell them like, oh, there's plenty of racism up North or, oh yeah, I've seen that before. They're like, what? I didn't think y'all would have that much. And I'm like, you know what? I mm. think we might actually have more. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Yes, because I think I just let's go back to what I initially said. How about it's easy when you can see it, but it's a different thing when people are pretending or not showing themselves. They're not showing their hands, so you don't know. Yeah. I say, you know how we do say about the N word and stuff. Like I uh, earlier, I was saying how a certain generation they was excusing those words, like oh, but that's the way we talk. You know, uh-huh. that's the way sixty and above. You're not supposed to get offended. They. So these people have been saying these words and hearing these words. No, that is such a fact because I've had to correct some people here. Like, so I can't tell you what to say in your own time when I'm not around, but what you're not going to do is say that in front of me. It's so crazy because that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go to an HBCU because I was tired of having to explain my blackness to white people. I mean, some of them were genuinely intrigued because I didn't know. I'd rather you ask me certain things now certain things you could do your homework on let's just be honest yeah yeah but uh it was just I was so tired of having to explain me being black to people it was so annoying and just to have to deal with the underlying racism or have to deal with the conniving attitude and we're swearing that we're not this way and I can't trust you or you know you don't think that I'm good enough like how you were explaining your story and just having to fight to to be regular almost and it's yes I think years ago, that's when they started making those Facebook videos and they started talking about like code switching and Mm -hmm. it really hit me. I was like, wow. So we really do that. And I think it's a subconscious thing that we do to try to fit in. Honey, I don't do that no more. Mm -mm. You're going to have to take me. That's the way I am. Period. And watch this. I be trying to tell people like, (laughs) well, I don't tell them this, but this is the point that I be trying to prove. Like, I ain't no angry black woman, but I can become one. But keep testing my gangster. And I'm not a gangster. (laughs) And I think just even in a a professional setting, I feel like it's this all thing that, you know, like a lot of times... I'm almost almost demanded to lower myself. I'm not gonna lower myself for nobody yeah. just to make you feel adequate. Mm-hmm. Just just to make you feel adequate, I gotta act like I'm not educated. That that what you're saying is stupidity, and I'm not supposed to question stupidity because mm-hmm. you're in this position and I should be lower than you. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna dumb myself down for you, and I'm not gonna make dim my light so you can shine. Not gonna do it. The whole fact. And I feel like there have been times, like, even at my job, like, I kind of feel like I have to work a little harder or a little, I don't want to say more smart, but kind of more smart because I feel like the feds is watching. I feel like I always got to be on, (laughs) for real, I got to be on top of my game. Oh, I can't, I can't cheat like that. Or I can't really cut corners because they're looking for a reason. Yeah, this is a test that I want white people to understand. A lot of them say they're not racist, but I want to ask them this question. If your son or daughter 
brought a black person home that they're dating, how do you feel about it? That's one. Two, when you see someone that looks like me come into the workforce, do you sit and wonder, I wonder what kind of black person they are? Do you wonder if they're ghetto or if they're appropriate? You have to ask yourself, now don't answer out loud. <laughs> but you really have to do that self-evaluation because I believe that that's a thing. Yeah. Because yeah. I know that I can feel it. My discernment be strong, Ty. And I know you got strong discernment. So I know you probably felt it too. Where some people will be like, oh, I wonder if she ghetto. I wonder if she's going to be embarrassing. You know what I'm saying? Because exactly. First of all, when you your when your name is Tyversia, <laughs> automatically, <laughs> automatically you're gonna get those vibes like, oh, what's this? Or or that's another thing that I experienced. People were like, oh, I can't never say that. Can you tell me something shorter to say? No, you're gonna say my oh, name. Wow. You're gonna try Are to attempt serious? to say it at least. Wow. See, but, yeah. Yeah, you definitely get the vibes when you say what your name is, like, oh, what's this? What's she gonna be like? You know what? That's so true. Because on the flip side of that, because my name is Kelsey Kaiser. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Who, they don't know who coming to the door. I will That's never true. forget. I was already working at a clothing store in the mall, but the mall had another clothing store. So I was like, let me get a second job. I just work both in the mall. You feel me? So I went to this job interview and I saw that woman's face when I walked through that door, honey. And what confirmed it is that what she didn't know is my manager at the job that I currently had her mom was dating my uncle, but she's a white woman. So you talking and you're gossiping about me to this woman, not knowing that we're fake cousins. <laughs> so when I got back to my job, she told me about it. I was like, wow, because I had talked to her. I think at the time my mom had just, um, she just got over breast cancer. And do you know what that lady talked about that to my manager? She said, did you know that her mom had breast cancer? Why are you talking about that? First of all, that was my interview. I feel like that should be somewhat private. You know what I'm saying? I feel like people should not judge you based off of how you look because I was a well-qualified employee, mm -hmm. you know? And I just feel like she just wondered what kind of black girl I was going to be. Yeah. Honestly. Now, let's just be honest. There are some who be out here doing the most. But yeah. that goes on both sides. There are some raggedy white people as much as there are some raggedy yeah, white people. It is. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just like the fact that you have to wonder what kind I'm going to be when I walk in the room is a problem for me. And with the whole notion of, of the first thing that I said, a parent has to decide if their race is based off of like if their son or daughter brings someone of black descent. Yeah. Home. yeah. I've heard that so many times. And like when people tell me that their grandparent did it, but you know, but they're not like racist or anything like that. If you yeah. have, <laughs> if you have something that with that, and I think it's very weird because I had a situation where I was accepted, but my brother was not. And wow, was, really? Oh, I don't mess with that, honey. I had a friend went to her house all the time, ate with her parents all the time. We were really, really good friends. Her sister was the same exact age as my brother. They started talking, and her mom said something like she didn't really like care for it. And I said, why? Because he black? She was like, no. I said, there's literally no other reason. My brother did, was not a troublemaker. He was an athlete. He was me in male form, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was an athlete. He stayed out of trouble. Like, he's actually more reserved than me. If anything, I'm more in your face and extroverted than he is. My brother's a straight introvert. 
And he, we call him Bart because he's so light-skinned. So it was just like, you really don't like him because what? You have no, you have no context. No. But it, it's the truth. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, people be saying they're not racist, but then be doing racist stuff. And it just blows my mind. Yeah. And you know, the fact that you brought it up also about uh, your job interview, but I'll... Where, um, I have had friends who were up for a promotion because they had more... Because they to give it to somebody of another color. So that stuff really happens. Like when people, people think that, I think sometimes people think that racism is just blatant. And a lot of times it's not blatant. It's, it's subtle and it sneaks up on people and they, and, and then it's, it's bam. Then all of a sudden it's there. Like, so mm-hmm. I think that this, when, when I, what I'm trying to say, basically what I want people to understand that racism is in everything that we do. Even if yes. we're just trying to make a living, there's racism. Yes. It's not just people calling us out our names. It's mm-hmm. not just, uh, it's everywhere. It's systematically, <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. systematic. It's everywhere. So like yeah. to every day to have to wonder whenever you step at your house, what type of experience you're going to get. Mm, come on. You could never. Un- so when, so when I, when people try like, oh, why don't they just get over it? Maybe they should be quiet. It's not really real. You don't understand <laughs> You do yes. not. Okay. Yes. And, and, you know, I always say, I feel like white people should do, and I, this is an appropriate time to be blackface, honey. I feel, <laughs> like they should, I feel like they should hire a professional makeup artist and live as a black person just for one day. One day. One. And experience it. And I want to try as a white person. Yes. I just want to see the kind of vibe I get. You know what I'm saying? I just want to see the difference. Because I do think it's there. And the reality is, is our country is literally found upon racism. So for people to say it's not real, it's just like the reality is, is that Jim Crow was not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had a conversation with my grandmother the other day. And she remembers going to the cotton field with her grandmother as a baby. While her grandmother picked cotton, she had to sit beside her in like a small basket being babysat. It was not that long ago. No. We were slaves longer than we've been free. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, and I don't understand that. And I guess that leads me to my last question. Mm-hmm. Do you personally feel like racism will ever fully be eradicated? And what do you feel like we can do about it today? Like I already stepped into that with what you were just saying. And, um, I, to be honest, I would like to say yes, but just how, however, like you said, we have a nation that was fundamentally founded on racism. Like yeah. I was just the other day, I was looking at just the Declaration of Independence and the like just the, a little bit of so when they talked about we hold these truths to be self-evidence that all men were created equal, they are endowed by the creator, and well, uh, we're un Available rights that among these are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. When that was written, mm-hmm. we were slaves. They had yeah. no, the Declaration of Independence had nothing to do with us. So nothing. how do I think a nation would change when when they even wrote the, the when they even built the construct of a government, we were slaves. And then you talk about liberty. Liberty, you had people as slavery. How are you going to make a quote by liberty when people were slaves? So I just, I was like, how can I, when it was embedded into the nation that we live in, I was like, to me, you could honestly almost say, 
Yeah. Yeah. Because at that time, wasn't it, now correct me on the actual fraction, but wasn't it true that uh, we as African-Americans, or I should say Africans at that time, were considered two-thirds of a person? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. We And, and mostly, you consider somebody's property. You won't even consider a mankind. You was, a pro- mm-hmm. you was somebody's property. So yes. I guess because they considered us property, that didn't mean we had no rights or no value because uh, you, you are material. You are something that I can lend out or sell. And I think that's my issue is that we're acting like that's not a reality. <laughs> like, I think one of the major things and the major gems that we have in this world are our grandparents to where or just the elder generation, because we can literally ask them for stories because they were there. Yeah, I think that needs to be pointed out. Like how you said, the older generation, like, oh, that's just how they talk. Like, that's how uh, some white people justify it. But the mm-hmm. fact that they were there and have that mindset and we're encountering them today, do not tell me that racism is gone. It's not. Because it's not, it's not. It's here. It's alive and well, honey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well. Now, is it more hidden? For sure. Are things changing? Yes. There are more that's white people now standing up and not believing in the crap that their grandparents did or their great-grandparents. And, you know, they're really seeing people for people. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't want to look over there like all white people are bad because I don't believe that at all. I have... Uh, I've had amazing experiences with amazing white people um, and I have family members and all of that good stuff, you know, and I just want that to be clear that I don't think, cause there are some black people who hate white people based off of history. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think that way, but the mm-hmm. problem is that I just, I just think that we black people were so tired and we want to be seen. Yeah. You want to be seen and you want to be heard and you want to be given an opportunity mm-hmm. and not be judged just because I happen to be born in a certain color. Opportunity is everybody else does. Yes. And that goes into, oh, this is touchy. Um, I want to know how you feel about this. When you saw them folks storm the Capitol, <laughs> honey, what the heck there's some folks screaming Black Lives Matter? What do you think the outcome would have been? I don't understand why people are acting like we wouldn't have been lit. Come on, please. We all know what the situation would have been. It'd been very different. But at the same time, I was like, look, this this what this what we've been saying all this time. Do y'all understand what do this is literally what we have said all the time that yep. if it's a difference between what we do and what somebody else do, because it would have been a whole nother story. Another story. If yep. there had been some black people at that capital, okay? Just just be real. But I'm but in a sense, it's not that I'm I'm never okay with violence and I'm never okay with people losing their life. But I mm-hmm. but to show them what we're saying. What we're mm-hmm. saying. Do you understand mm-hmm. what we're saying now? You get it? Do you hear us? Okay. We're fed up. And the crazy thing is as black people, we never wanted to, we just would have wanted to be looked at as human. That's yes. all. We just want to be normal. We're not asking for nothing. Now we at this point now, we about to, you know really show y'all who we're made of or what we're made of and who we are. And it's like, you're creating good monsters because now we're coming for your jobs. And now we are starting these businesses. And now you are feeling threatened. And now you are becoming a minority. You know what I'm saying? It didn't have to be this way. But you, you keep pushing these minority groups 
you're not going to like the outcome. And that's not yeah. a violent statement. That's more and, so- and, and the thing about it is we're not even coming at them in a violent way. We're coming in a way that we want to be constructive. We want to show you, hey, we can get out and vote and make a difference and make changes for real. And even when yeah. we just think about everything that happened with the, the voting in uh, Georgia and how those people came together and was like, we're going to vote. And uh-huh. but, but just because we simply even came together to do that, now you're trying to make a law to hinder us from voting. You see what I'm saying? But it's not systematic. It's not systematic, though. But it's all in our head. Yep. Come on, man. Like, you can't. I don't know. This this is a touchy subject that can go on for hours. And Mm -hmm. I'm really praying that it does eventually go away. Will it 100% go away? I don't know. If it does, I feel like it'll go away around the time where I have grandkids, if I'm being honest. I do think that the uh, generation that is coming up are more informed of what's happening and they do kind of want to make a difference. So, like I said, I I want to hope that it will. I just can't see it right now. Right. And I, I think for us to start seeing change, maybe something that we can start doing today would be, like you said, to inform ourselves, to have Mm -hmm. these conversations, because conversation saves lives. Communication saves lives. And if we can have these conversations and literally uh, figure out ways to coexist with one another out of respect Mm -hmm. for one another, and that's Mm -hmm. for all minorities, not just black and white, I do feel like we can start really progressively going to a place of change where everyone really can live in peace, liberty, and harmony. Yeah. Like I said, we have to fight to change the laws. We have to continue to educate, change things since the platform we have, we should use it to to raise our voice, to say something, try to make a difference. But every little thing we can do is going to help. I agree. I totally agree with that. So even on that same breath, Miss Ty, if you had to give us any piece of advice or a word for our lives, what would it be? Ooh, um, talking about of this topic? <laughs> Anything, honestly, at this point. You know, you're a well of wisdom. I'd hate to just, you know, put you in a box. Um, first of all, I think I would say there's something that I pretty much have to, you know, there's something that I live by by myself that we are not defined by other people's words. Uh, other people's words about us. You mm-hmm. define yourself. I'm defined by who God says I am mm-hmm. and who I think of myself. So I'm not going to let anybody words or anybody action to tell me who I should be. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the thing that would stick on me. Be who you supposed to be, who you think you should be. I'm not going to let anybody tell me what I can do, what I can't do, who I should be and what I should be. I'm not going to let circumstances tell me that. And I'm definitely not going to let any th- stumbling blocks be in my way to determine who I decide to be and where I can and cannot go and what I can achieve. So mm-hmm. I just, uh, if I say anything, just it's about stepping forward and pushing forward and fighting for who you want to be and what you want to have. Hmm, that's good. I like that time. Now watch oh, out now. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I really appreciate that. So listen, y'all, what do you think? What are your thoughts concerning this topic? Do you think that racism varies across the country? Do you personally have experiences and examples of it? Please drop a comment and let me know. I would love to hear it. Thank you so much for coming by, Ty. This was a great conversation. I appreciate it. You're more than welcome. Thanks for inviting me. No, for sure. Most definitely. Well, listen, y'all, that's it for me. Thank you for listening to the entree. But listen, before we dip, 
show some love for your girl by leaving a review on your podcast streaming service. Then stay tuned for the next conversation. Deuces. And that's a wrap for this episode of The Entree. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you like what you heard, we want to hear from you. Subscribe, rate, and give an honest review. Share and tell your friends so they can hear too. We certainly hope you enjoyed today's broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you at the next conversation.